Looking at our world from a theological perspective, this is the Theology Central Podcast, making Theology Central. Good afternoon, everyone. It is Tuesday, November the 28th, 2023. It is currently 3.23 p.m. Central Time, and I am coming to you live from the Theology Central studio located right here in Abilene, Texas. November the 28th. Did I say November the 23rd? I hope I didn't say November the 23rd. Good afternoon, everyone. It is Tuesday, November the 28th, 2023. It is currently 3.23 p.m. Central Time. There's a lot of 23s there, so I don't know if I accidentally said November the 23rd. I hope I did not. It is November the 28th. And yes, I am still coming to you live from the Theology Central Studio located right here in Abilene, Texas. And because it is November the 28th, we've got something very specific to talk about today, all right? And hopefully this will be beneficial. Now, what this is going to turn into is a Bible study exercise. Now, this is not going to be one of our typical Bible study exercises, which may last, you know, two, three, four months and can be very intensive in what we do and the homework I give you and and all the things we try to accomplish. This one is going to be relatively simple, much more open-ended. So you're going to just be able to do your own kind of exploring and thinking and meditating. But hopefully it will be beneficial because here's what's going to happen. Whether you know it or not, whether you even care, this coming Sunday is the first Sunday of Advent. And before you know it, Advent will start, Advent will end, Christmas will arrive, then Christmas will be gone, and then the next thing you know, we're looking at the end of the year, then it's 2024, and then everyone's back to work, back to school, back to school, the holidays are over, and we just start a new year, and then we just start doing the daily routine once again, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and all, everything associated with the holidays, everything, family, food, friends, gifts, what, good, bad, depression, joy, everything that happens during the holidays, it will be over. And I know for many believers, we always want, especially Christmas, where we're, we, we claim to some level that we're going to set this time aside to remember the incarnation of the eternal son of God, that we're going to remember that, that for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That's the gift we care about. We're going to celebrate it. We're going to make it beautiful. We're going to make it memorable. And then all the other feelings we may have with Christmas and the things we want to recapture or what we want to experience. We have all of these ideas and then before you know it, it's over. I mean, before you know it, you know, all of the wrapping paper, everything that you decided to do, it's over. You're now, you're putting it in the garbage can and you're rolling it down to the curb for it to be picked up the next day. I mean, it it really is just, it's, it's over before you know it. And no matter how much you try to grab onto it, it just sometimes feels like, you know, sand through the fingers, through your fingers, water through your fingers. You, you try to grab on onto it and you just can't. Good, bad, everyone has their own, their own kind of way of handling the holidays and experiencing the holidays and their expectations they place for the holidays. And I, I don't know if it ever quite lives up to what you want it to be. Maybe more so when you're a kid, but then when you're a kid, you're not really thinking about the spiritual part, right? I mean, no matter how hard your parents may try, 
You're going to be thinking about gifts and time off from school and friends and food. And, and I mean, it's just, that's just the way it works. It's, it all, it's almost as if, as if everything works against us to take a holy day, a holiday, a day that we're trying to remember something holy, trying to remember something spiritual that could be beneficial for us spiritually. And everything around us just turns it into something other than. And it's it's kind of frustrating that that happens. But I'm going to do my very best this year, as we've already talked about, that um, I'm going to try to make the most out of Advent this year, try to make it as spiritually beneficial as possible, and I'm going to try to help you do the same thing. I've already suggested everyone get an Advent wreath and the candles and do the scripture readings, light the candle, do the scripture readings. You can do, you can add your, you can kind of create your own little structure and how you want to do so. You can light the candle, pray, Maybe you could recite, you know, one of the uh, historical creeds, the Apostle, the Nicene Creed, the Athanasian Creed would be good to add to it. Uh, then do the scripture reading. Maybe then just spend a few minutes of meditation and just write down a few thoughts. And then, you know, then you're done. And do the readings every day, uh, you know, um, for light the candle every day and do the readings every day. And then just work through, you know, Advent in a way that would be beneficial. And the Advent wreath, all of the symbolism associated with it, the symbolism with the candles. And then that, that can be something you can do. Just, just trying to capture, you know, to, to capture something. Now, I know you're going to have Christian friends who they're going to be like, yeah, forget Advent and forget Christmas. It's pagan. And we, and, and they're, and now their, their motives may be right. I think it's it's uh, it's ultimately ridiculous. I mean, if you're if you're celebrating, so you're telling me there's certain days on a calendar you can't celebrate biblical events. I mean, the incarnation of Christ is a biblical event, right? Born of a virgin, right? Conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of a virgin, right? Lived a life holy and righteous and without sin, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died and buried, uh, uh, rose again on the third day and ascended to the right hand of the Father from whence he will come to judge the living and the dead. These are biblical events. So you're telling me, oh, wait, 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 wait. We can't celebrate that biblical event on any day of the calendar that could be associated with paganism. Well, then you're out of luck because almost every day of the calendar, in some cases, even the days of our weeks, <laughs> days of our months, even the name of our months, are many of them are associated with paganism. So I guess you're never going to be able to celebrate anything, right? Anything. I mean, it's, oh, it's so crazy how, but you're, so what I would say, let those Christians yell and scream about don't do this and don't do that. And then on the other side, you'll have Christians upset because the, the secular <laughs> department store didn't say Merry Christmas. As everyone's yelling and screaming and fighting and debating, you just ignore all of that. Just turn the volume down and say, for me, I'm going to try to make the most out of this time. Advent goes by so quick. It's here. It's gone. It's Christmas, it's here, it's gone. So maybe we can do what we can to grab onto it, to hold on to it and get something from it. Now, I know typically when it's over, it still may feel like a letdown. You still may be discouraged. You still may be depressed. But the best we can do is take this opportunity. I mean, look, time, days of a week, days of a month, a year, those are just measurements of of time, measurements of of days, however you want. It's just a different, it's just different ways of measuring different things. 
And we can, and, and it's easy for us to get so wrapped up in our normal everyday activities that that time, those measurements are more, we use that time and those measurements more for our own pleasure, desires, wills, need, our needs, our wants, our, our responsibilities. And so much of that those, that, that, those measurements that are used to measure and mark time, we, we waste so much of it on everything other than, than that which applies to the kingdom of God. Now, it's easy to say, let's, let's make it about God. Let's make it about our spiritual, our spirituality. Let's make it a time of spiritual growth. It's easy to say that. It's much difficult to make it happen. It's much more difficult to make it happen. It really is. It really is. But, I mean, if you don't try, then, then I say, it's like, I don't want to try. Okay, so then the solution is don't do anything. I, 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 it's like we have to try something, right? So it's in, it's in front of us. We're fast approaching it. It's Tuesday, November the 28th, not November the 23rd, November the 28th. And this Sunday is the beginning of the new church year. If you follow the liturgical church calendar, it'll be Happy New Year on Sunday. And it begins the first Sunday of Advent. And the gospel reading for this coming Sunday, if you are following the historical lectionary, will be Mark chapter 13. Mark chapter 13, and here is what will be read in any church following this lectionary. This will be the gospel that will be read. Mark chapter 13, these words will be read. Take ye heed, watch and pray, for you know not when the time is. For the Son of Man is a man taking a far journey who left his house and gave authority to his servants and to every man his work and commanded the uh, porter to watch. Watch ye therefore, for you know not when the master of the house cometh, at evening or at midnight or at the cock crowing or in the morning, lest coming suddenly he find you sleeping. And what I say unto you, I say unto all, watch. So we get this emphasis on watch, watch, take heed, watch, don't be caught sleeping. And immediately you realize, wait a minute, Advent is a season where we focus not only on the first coming of Christ in his incarnation, we also focus on the second coming of Christ in his glory, right? There are two Advents we speak of, the first and second coming of Christ. And the first Sunday in Advent, the gospel reading for that first Sunday is Mark chapter 13, verses 33 to 37, which is all about the second coming. So as I've been thinking about that, I was like, hmm, I know what I'll do. So I started working on some things. I, I grabbed my iPad. I opened up the notes uh, section or the notes program and, uh, or the notes, uh, app, I guess you could call it. And I just, I put advent and I put dur and I typed out during advent, we look to the first and second coming of Christ. And then I started writing out five. I may, I started kind of doing an outline and I've got five points so far, but there's far more than that. And what motivated me to take the iPad, open up the notes uh, app and start writing out these kind of like five points, five bullet points, 
is because of Mark chapter 13. Because you'll notice in Mark chapter 13 that it immediately begins with, take heed, watch and pray. And then it ends with watch, take heed, watch, pray. And these all have to do with our attitude and our actions as it relates to the second coming of Christ. That the second coming of Christ, this truth, this theological truth that Christ will return should motivate certain attitudes and actions in your life and my life. Because we know Christ will return, that therefore should motivate a certain attitude and certain actions. So I started thinking, hmm, I know a good Bible study exercise. I know a good Bible study exercise I can give everyone to start working on now, and you have all the way to the conclusion of Advent to work on it and meditate and discuss it. And here's what I want you to do. I want you to start thinking. You can you you could go to the Old Testament, but primarily I'm going to have you focus just in the New Testament. From Matthew to the book of Revelation, I want you to find every scripture. Here's the here's the, the Bible study exercise. Here's the assignment. It's pretty simple. It's pretty straightforward, but pay close attention. I want you to find every passage between Matthew chapter one, all the way to the book end of the book of Revelation. I want you to find every passage in the New Testament that indicates an attitude or an action related to the first coming of Christ and the second coming of Christ. Anything that captures an attitude or an action related to the first or second coming of Christ. And then once you, once you start gathering these, I want you to break them down into positive or negative actions, negative thought, thoughts, negative attitudes towards either the first or second coming of Christ. And then I want you to list all of the the ones that capture a positive attitude or action in relation to the first or second coming of Christ. So I want you to find all the scriptures that seem to indicate an attitude or an action towards the coming of Christ. Uh, Look, I'll just give you a quick one. I'll just give you a quick one. one. I don't want to give away too much here. Because it's a Bible study exercise, meaning this is your responsibility to do, but you can, you can work together. Um, look, if you don't have, if you don't have a, a reading to do, if you don't want to do the readings and uh, during Advent, you can just take a 15, 30 minutes every day during Advent just to think about this Bible study exercise and work on it a little bit, right? Just slow and steady. But here's the key. I want you to be thinking about, I want you to be looking to the Bible to see these scriptures that speak of the negative or the positive and negative attitudes and actions towards the first and second coming of Christ, and then see how those positive and negative actions relate to you, how they either convict you, challenge you, and then see as you're working through Advent every day, by the time you get to Advent, right before, maybe the night before Christmas Eve, 11 p.m., fast approaching midnight, you can be thinking about how you can have now, have you developed a better attitude and actions leading up to what you're going to celebrate the next day, which is the incarnation of the eternal Son of God. You got from now to the end of Advent to do this. But it's not like an assignment to complete. It's something to just take your time with. It's not like, I'm going to get this done. And it's, no, 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 no. You're you're missing. It's an exercise just to just take your time. Because the whole time you're you're looking through the Bible, looking for, well, that 
Yeah, that seems to really be an attitude or an action towards the coming of Christ. Okay. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one to have. So let me just give you an example. I'll just give you one, a negative one. Here's, here's a negative one. All right. Here's a negative one. Second Peter. I bet you ever, I bet you immediately some of you know exactly which one I'm getting ready to say, right? Second Peter. Oh, you know this one. Come on. Second Peter. Chapter three. Oh, come on. That gave it, that gave it away, right? Second Peter chapter three. Second Peter chapter three, verse three. Knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days scoffers walking after their own lust. Now, this is direct relationship, if you continue reading, about the coming of Christ. There's going to come a time when people are going to scoff. They're going to they're gonna ridicule it. They're going to mock it. They're going to be like, ah, whatever. Is he ever coming back? Now, now you may not, you say, well, that's what an unbeliever will do. Well, you yes, obviously the context seems to be making reference to an unbeliever, but a little bit of that scoffing or mocking, or maybe how, how could we say it, doubting or questioning or is he really going to return? That little bit of that attitude can creep into your life and my life. And sometimes we have to be like, okay, I may not be a full-blown scoffer, but I, you know what? I, am I really living as if Christ is going to actually return? So there's a negative one. There's a negative attitude, right? There's a negative. There's more right here in this section, but I, I don't want to give them all away. But right here is a, a number of them. You could break this section down in Second Peter 3, and you can see some attitudes and actions. And these are negative reactions to the second coming. These are negative reactions to the second coming. If we go to, so where do we want to go here? If we go to, let's go to Luke. Let's go to Luke. Let's go to Luke. Where do we, where we would want to go here? All right. If we go to, uh, let's see here. If we go to Luke chapter one, let's start in verse 26, Luke chapter one, verse 26. And in the sixth month of the angel Gabriel, uh, and in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hell thou, thou art highly favored. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled in his saying and cast in her mind, what manner of salutation this should be. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He shall be great and shall be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father, David, and he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever and of his kingdom. There shall be no end. And then said Mary unto the angel, how shall this be, seeing I know not a man? And the angel answered and said unto her, the Holy Ghost shall come upon thee and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. And behold, thy cousin Elizabeth also has conceived a son in her old age. And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren for with God, nothing shall be impossible. And Mary said, un, and Mary said, behold, the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed from her. Now, I think you can probably see some attitudes. You can probably see 
some attitudes and that entire narrative that Mary demonstrated, that would be things you could say, here's some attitudes demonstrated about the first coming of Christ. And then we know Mary's joyful song, uh, Luke chapter one, verse 46. And Mary said, my soul doth magnify the Lord and my spirit hath rejoiced in God, my savior, for he hath regarded the lowest state of his handmaiden for behold, uh, from henceforth, all generations shall call me blessed for, for he that is mighty hath done to me great things and holy is his name and his mercy is on them that feareth him from generation to generation. He has showed strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud and the imagination of their hearts. He hath put down the mighty from their great seats and exalted them of low degree. And he he hath filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he hath sent uh, empty away. He hath opened his servant Israel and remembrance of his mercy. And he spake to our fathers, to Abra- as he spake to our fathers and to Abraham, unto his seed forever. And Mary abode there about, abode with her about three months and returned to her own house. Now, within that song, You may see some other attitudes that seem to possibly relate directly to the first coming. Maybe you think some of those uh, reflect directly to the second coming. But the overall attitude there, I think you get a pretty good sense of what the attitude is you could probably write down right there. Yeah, I I think you could, right? I, I think so. And if we go to Matthew, and if we go to Matthew... We have this, right? Uh, Matthew chapter 2. Now, when Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea and the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem saying, where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and here are come to worship him. Now, the actions and attitudes of the wise man. And you can look at some other things that they ultimately do and you can say, okay, there's an attitude and there's an action. How does that, uh, how does that relate to me as far as his first coming or maybe even his second coming? But then note Herod, the king had heard these things and he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. And he gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the, of the people together. And he demanded of them where Christ should be born. And they said unto him in Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written uh, by the prophet, thou Bethlehem in the land of Judah, art not thou least among the princes of Judah? For out of thee shall come a governor that shall rule my people Israel. Then Herod, when he had privily called the wise men, inquired of them diligently, diligently what time the star appeared. And he sent to Bethlehem and said, go and search diligently for the young child. And when you have found him, bring me word again that I may come and worship him. And when they had heard the king, uh, And when they had heard the king, they departed and lo, the star, which they saw in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young children was. So they see all of this and we know what happens here, right? Then they're warned not to go back to Herod. And then guess what happens in verse 16? Herod, when he saw that he was mocked of the wise men, he was exceedingly wroth and sent forth and slew all the children that were in Bethlehem. There's an attitude and action to, towards the first coming. And I bet you, if you do a little bit of work, you can connect that attitude towards the second coming as well. So, so in other words, in some cases, you can find one attitude that deals with the first coming and you can find that same attitude, maybe in another passage, but it's the same attitude that would relate to the second coming. So what I want you to do 
this Advent is I want you to find all scripture that seems to speak in some way, shape, or form about attitudes and actions related to the first coming and the second coming of Christ. Then I want you to just break them down and here is the negative attitudes related to the first coming. Oh, you could do it this way. Here's the negative attitudes related to the first coming. Here's the negative attitudes related to the second coming. Here are the positive attitudes and actions towards the first coming. Here is the positive and negative attitudes towards the second coming. You can break it down that way if you would like. You could probably combine them, but keeping them separate, right? Then you'll just have it all kind of mapped out on paper, right? The first and second coming of Christ. Here's the positive attitudes and actions demonstrated in the Bible towards it. Here's the negative attitudes and actions towards it. Second coming. Here's the positive uh, actions and attitudes. Here's the negative. And as you work through finding these scriptures, now make sure you read them multiple times. Make sure you know. I think that works. If you don't know, talk to someone. Go, hey, do you think this passage is demonstrating someone having a positive or negative action or, or, or doing a negative or demonstrating a positive or negative attitude, or does it demonstrate them doing something, an action related to the first or second coming? And someone may go, well, I don't know if I see that. And you can go like, okay, you may want to set it aside and then maybe come back and ask them a second time. Are you sure you don't see it? Are you sure? Are you sure it's right there? Okay. And then maybe they'll finally see it. If they don't see it, then you may want to be thinking maybe you don't see it. But I think it's important. It's a simple Bible study exercise. It's more open-ended. But I'm I'm trying not to give you too much. I've already read a lot of scriptures. But I think it's a simple exercise. One that you should be able to do. And it will make it fun. And the most important thing is, this is, now listen, this is not about gaining knowledge where you can be like, here's the, here's five ways that people demonstrated a negative attitude and negative actions towards the first coming of Christ. See how smart I am? Now, what you want to do is like, oh, do I ever have some of those attitudes and actions? The key is to ultimately see you, not to see other people in your church, not to see your family members, but to see yourself. And when you see yourself, hopefully that will lead to some conviction, a little bit of challenge, And by the time, and what I want you to do is right before midnight on Christmas Eve, if you can stay up, right before, I want you to look at it and go, hmm, okay, Advent's over. What's been my attitude? What's been my actions? What's been my attitude? What's been my actions? Towards the first and second coming. And then you wake up the next morning. And it's the time to worship and celebrate the incarnation of the eternal son of God. Now, I know life will happen. Family will happen. There'll be a million things that will distract you. But you can try to carve out a little bit of time, a little bit, and just do a little bit. And that you've got from now till till December the 25th, you've got plenty of time to work on. You've got almost an entire month to work on this. So take your time just a little bit each day. Once you get all the scriptures, now here's what some of you will do. Some of you will find all the scriptures, probably exhaust that within about 24 hours. You'll be like, boom, I got all the scriptures. Then you'll maybe take another day or two. Boom, you'll have them all category- placed in the right category. Boom, and then you'll be like, I'm done. No, 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 no. Then just spend all of Advent just looking at that over and reading some of those passages over 
and over and over and over and over meditating on them, thinking about them. I mean, look, we, we just got, if you think about it, and the, the gospel reading for Sunday, Mark chapter 13, I mean, I, I didn't mention it, but I think right there you get you get some attitudes, right? And some actions, right? This is reference to the second coming. Take ye heed. What does it mean to take heed? What does it really, are you literally taking heed toward, for, for Christ's return? Watch. Are you really watching? Are you really watchful? Pray. Somehow, the, it seems that the belief in the second coming of Christ should have some impact, influence on your prayer life. I mean, we're told to, to take heed, watch and pray for, you know, not when this time is for the son of man, for the son of man is a man taking a journey who left his house and gave authority to his servants and to every man, his work and commanded the porter to watch. We're to watch again, watch ye therefore, this is repeated. What does it mean to truly watch? For you know not when the master of the house cometh at evening or at midnight or at the cock crowing or in the morning, lest coming suddenly he find you sleeping. You don't want, now right there, you could do a little bit of work because sleep doesn't always, I don't think there's referencing physical sleep. I think it's a spiritual. Are we spiritually asleep? Some of our, some of the negative attitudes that we have towards the second coming, it's not so much that we outwardly mock and that we outwardly deny or that we outwardly question. I think sometimes our attitude we have as Christians is that inwardly we're spiritually asleep as far as we're not really awake to the idea that Christ could return. We've almost, it's like a concept that we say we believe, but we don't, it doesn't have any real impact on our lives. So in some cases, we're spiritually sound asleep. Wake up. And then the, the section ends, watch, back to the watch. We need to know what that watch means. We need to, we, I, I, there's another passage. It's in Romans that refers to, I think, being asleep, Right? Oh, I, I could start putting it all together right now. I could put it together right now. And maybe you'll hear me put it together or work on it a little bit with people, with the, the people at my church, maybe. Maybe tomorrow night we'll start working on it. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, maybe Sunday. I don't know. Sunday is the first Sunday of Advent, so it's a good time to start on it. But let's really try to put this together. All right? So find all the scriptures that have something to do with a positive or negative, or, or just any kind of attitude or action towards the first or second coming of Christ. Once you have all of those compiled, then start breaking them down. These scriptures deal with the first coming. Here are all, here's the positive and positive attitude and action as it relates to the first coming. Here's the negative attitude and action towards the first coming. Here's the positive attitude and action towards the second coming. Here's the negative attitude and action towards the second coming. There's your Bible study ad. There's your Bible study exercise for Advent. And Advent begins on Sunday. Four weeks to prepare ourselves. It was a time of preparation historically. It's time of penance uh, historically. Sometimes references the mini Lent. It was, it was, it was, to, it was to, had more in common with Lent than it had with anything else. That's how, and then over time, it kind of developed more into a, a time of celebration. The celebration is still there, but there's still plenty to be challenged about. 
All right. I hope that's beneficial. I feel like I should be doing the teaching, but I think I almost did a lot there. I gave you a lot to start with. All right. If you have any questions, if you need clarification on the assignment, if you need help, just pay $15 a month and you have access to all the help. No, I'm joking. Email me, <laughs> newsif at yahoo.com. Newsif at yahoo.com. That's newsif at yahoo.com. And I will be more than happy to help you, assist you, walk with you through this. And so that by the time you get to the end of Advent, you've not only accomplished the assignment, but hopefully, most importantly, most importantly, you're like, man. I got, I got, I got some things wrong with me, or, or maybe you're like, okay, all right, okay. I, I, I think I feel like okay here, okay here, okay. I can obviously do better, obviously because we're never going to do perfect. But hopefully, it's a time of growth, a time of challenge, a time of, of recognizing what what's really going on inside of us, spiritually speaking, as it relates. Now, remember, as you learn about people's attitudes and ad, and actions towards the first coming, for us. Those same attitudes and actions that were present about them with the first coming could be present in us dealing with the second coming, right? Either we have great anticipation, it gives us great hope, it gives us a great sense of purpose, it encourages us, it challenges us, it leads to purity of life, or we're kind of like, yeah, yeah, I know, Jesus is supposedly coming back. And once we realize we kind of have that attitude, then we all kind of have to go, hmm, I don't know, and like, it's, it, and it's, you know what? It's okay to, to be admitted. It, look, the goal of Bible study is not to admit how, it's not to pretend how godly you are. It's to admit the real you in light of the scripture. So, all right, newsif at yahoo.com. Newsif at yahoo.com. That is your Bible study exercise for Advent. Advent begins on Sunday. It's simply time being measured with a spiritual focus. The first and second coming of Christ. So anybody wants to get into some big argument about Advent this and it's connected to Catholicism, just stop, stop. It's time set aside to focus on the first and second coming of Christ. That's not controversial because the Bible speaks of the first and second coming of Christ. And Christmas is just a day set aside to remember the incarnation of Christ. That's not controversial because the incarnation is biblical. All right, there we go. All right, hopefully that was beneficial because I want to try to avoid all of those emails that I'm going to get. <laughs> so everyone have a great day. You can email me, newsif at yahoo.com. That's newsif at yahoo.com. Get busy. Have a great day. God bless.